everyone, and welcome to my podcast where we talk flowers, floral arranging, gardening, and more. I'm Tiffany Rutkowski, and my husband and I are the owners of Creative Designs by Tiffany, a floral and gift shop located in Dowsville, New York. To find out more and stay up to date, visit our website at cdbytiffany.wordpress.com and connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. I'm passionate about all things flowers, mainly beautiful and flowers, <laughs> and teaching you how to savor the things of it. You'll hear tips and tricks and from some of my highly esteemed friends in the business. Today, I'm joined by Dave Warner, producer of Tiffany Talk. Hello. Hi. How's it going? Good. How's it going for you? Finally, the weather's turned for us. And I does know. that mean more planting or yes, what does that mean? Yes. It means more flowers, more beauty, everything. So, okay. So you're going to be full of it today. Yes. Right? Very okay, full right. of it today. So, and ice cream today too. Ooh, so, all right. And today I'm joined by a very special guest, Lisa Dean from Floral Root. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me today. Yes. So I'm very excited. <laughs> I am extremely excited to have Lisa on because we talked about having different um, people on. Oh, we're uh, recording today from my little fall studio. Shout out there to that. <laughs> I forgot about that part. That's all right. We'll get that part in there. We jump right into it now. So yeah. I'm so excited, as you can see. So Lisa is what we call a local grower. Um, so this is stuff that I don't get from overseas or from Ecuador. This is coming from locally in Canajahari area. Yes, right? So And um, she is a local grower. And I'm going to have her talk a little bit about her business today and how it kind of affects to me. She's what I would consider a wholesale local grower. So. Yes. Yep. So me and my husband own Floral Root. We are just outside the town of Canajahari, in between Canajahari and Sharon Springs. Um, let's see, we've been doing this for five years now. I think we're in our fifth year. Sometimes I start to lose track and I have to think <laughs> back <laughs> on everything. But so uh, three years ago, we decided to make the switch from wholesale or retail to wholesale. So basically, we felt that our location was not suitable for retail. So we decided let's focus more on sales to um, florists. And that is our wholesale outlet. So we grow on a range of different types of cut flowers that are seasonally suitable for, you know, our area. And that's our main focus. Awesome. So basically, um, right now, so we're in the middle of May um, for Mother's Day. Lisa was my supplier for tulips. So I had tulips that I got from the distributor, not as beautiful and lush and weren't well, I guess I didn't bring any with me, so you can't see them. But the ones that she has, they're obviously a lot bigger, better, beautiful, and they're local, so they don't get squished into a box, shipped to me. They're here the next day or the day that she does cut them. Yes. So that's a benefit of having it local and wholesale, too. Um, so I'll have you talk a little bit about how you started from the retail aspect and what made you go into doing wholesale, so beyond the location. Right. Um, is it basically the same type of, are you making the same kind of money, or is it just something that you love to do? or how, how does it work for you? Um, I think a big thing is uh, I always, I've worked in the horticulture business since I was 16. So I've had my fingers in it from day one. You know, my first job, I worked in a florist slash greenhouse. So that's where I kind of got my experience. And that job, actually, they used to grow um, chrysanthemums for fall crops for Christmas. And so kind of got the taste of growing cut flowers. So it was always fun and exciting, something new to learn. Um, you know, and as the years went on, I decided to go to college for horticulture. Um, thought I would stay more in the greenhouse business. Um, worked in numerous different types of greenhouses on numerous different farms. And then eventually our husband, my husband and I, um, we moved back up here 
2008, I think is when we moved back up here. I worked a few, you know, different jobs in other greenhouses, but I said, you know what? I really love to grow. I'm, I like the behind the scenes, the growing aspects of stuff. We own 14 acres. Why not try to make some money off the land that we own? So that's kind of where we started. Um, you know, retail's kind of, I think, everybody's go-to at first. Mm-hmm. Um, Canada Harry, you know, sometimes it was hard. I think we're just that far out of town. I had a really hard time getting people to come to me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, everyone, I'm coming, I'm coming. No one shows. (laughs) You know, it was just one of those things. I think even though this is kind of the country area, people are still, they would still want it at their fingertips. Mm -hmm. You know, a seven, ten minute drive out of town, it's too far. That's that's like a New York thing or something. I mean, it's like, oh, my God, ten minutes. Oh, no. No, no. I mean, there's no ice cream on the way. Right. Right. Exactly. Okay. No so you should have done ice cream right. and flowers. Right. Okay. Exactly. All right. All right. Exactly. Got it. Um, so, you know, we just, and my husband kept kind of saying to me a lot, he goes, I really think a good thing is if we can grow a mass quantity of something and just unload it at once. So we kind of started making the switch to let's focus on, you know, working with the local florists. And that's how it all began. Which is awesome. So when I first uh, started the business um, or took over for the former business owner in Dallasville, Lisa had come up and had um, fresh local blooms. I think it was two years ago now. Um, So and it was my first experience with it. She reached out to me because I had no idea where I was getting flowers from except for the distributor. Um, so it made it a lot a lot more choices. And then when I saw how fresh the blooms were and then how they're grown as compared to flown, as they say, yes. um, it is a lot better. <laughs> a lot, and, and you'll see it in the arrangements. You'll see it on any of the stuff that you have. Um, I was going to ask you at the beginning, and I completely forgot to ask you this. So I wanted to know what your best advice that is that you've ever been given in terms of running your business and anything that you'd like to pass on today. <laughs> you know, I've, I thought about this a little bit. And I don't know if there's been something I've ever been given or said to, you know, follow these rules. But I actually spent the weekend with an old college friend and I watched her build her own business. And I think just having a close friend who has gone through it before and the risks she's taken and the investment she's made, you know, kind of almost gives you the courage like, okay, I can do this too. You know, it's one of those things. So that's awesome. Yes. And that's uh, where I'm seeing with you that your, your drive, because like you said, you're not in retail, so it's a lot tougher. And, you know, I I grew up, my dad was a farmer. Um, There's not a lot of money in the farming industry. Um, It's not respected as much as I think it should be um, in the value of it. So I I think it's really awesome how you're taking it on that way and wholesaling it to all the local florists. Um, Are there a lot of local florists that you service um, right now, or it's a pretty, far stretch from Harry to Dodgeville, if you notice where Harry and Dodgeville is. is in New York. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, I guess I didn't even realize, except from talking to you, you know, yeah. last week or the week before, just how big of a gap there is between yes. all the florists <laughs> and all the towns. Um, I mean, I guess in Harry, you have to drive everywhere to get somewhere. <laughs> so driving has never been an issue for me. But then when I started to put the pieces together, it's like, it's quite a big loop. Um, so, you know, I just try to hit up everybody I can locally. Um, sometimes when I have too much of a stuff um, that I can't unload to the local florist, I will actually go to the wholesale distributor um, 
in Albany, and I can sell it to them, and then they can distribute it out, you know, to their florists. So, yeah. Yeah, so it's good to know. So um, I was going to ask you now, obviously, the uh, faux pas thing of the the pandemic. Has anything changed for you um, in the past year, how you would grow and sell from last year to this year even? Not much. I think the biggest thing is we said, let's go for it and expand. So we've actually are adding more this year. Um, We've definitely figured out a few things that really work for us and certain things that we really want to try to make work for us. Mm -hmm. So we're investing into them this year. But last year, you know, I think at the beginning of the pandemic, like most people, I was a nervous wreck, had no (laughs) idea what to expect. And I ended up doing the same as I did the year before. So I said, I'm happy with that. Mm-hmm. That's great. <laughs> that is very good. Um, that was one of the things that in the other markets, and even now we're feeling it from the people overseas, that you can't get stuff anymore. Oh, and yeah. it's, um, you know what you planted, you know what's coming up. And unless there's a huge Mother Nature <laughs> episode, <Yes. laughs> we pretty much have it on schedule and we know when it's coming in. So I lean even more into that this week. I have a funeral, so I had texted you about it. And you kind of knew what you were expecting for this week. So I didn't order as many that I would have from overseas. And it works out because they're bigger, brighter, beautiful blooms that I'm going to be able to use and utilize. Um, and I don't have to worry about it not coming in on the plane from overseas. So it's definitely a benefit in that way. Um, so what are some of the things that you grow, like the annuals to perennials? I think I asked you this too in the store, and I said we had talked about at the last podcast the difference between heirloom seeds and regular seeds. So I guess the first question I'll ask you is what's the difference between heirloom seeds and regular seeds? You know, heirloom, they kind of say it's more open-pollinated, Um kind of varieties that have been around for a while and that type of thing. Um, Kind of in the cut flower industry, you never really talk about heirloom as Mm -hmm. much as you do in the vegetable industry. So that's something a little bit different. We're not, you know, focused on that type of thing. Not that there is perennials that have been around forever Mm -hmm. and you're still using the same varieties, but it's definitely different. That's very cool. So, um, and then uh, what else do you grow then throughout the season? And how do you pick your seeds? Like, what are your best seeds? Or how do you know that this is going to work for you or not going to work for you? Um, A lot of it's trial and error. Mm -hmm. You know, this year we really focused on everything that does good for us. Mm -hmm. Um, What can we do and what can we do well? And let's Mm -hmm. do a lot of that. (laughs) So (laughs) that's kind of been our main focus. Um, We started off with two seasons, which is kind of interesting for us because around here, Everybody wants tulips for Mother's Day. We're on a hill. We're high up. The wind hits us. The weather is never on our side. So (laughs) I can never guarantee that I have as many tulips as I want to have for Mother's Day. (laughs) All the beauties of upstate New York. (laughs) It is. But, you know, we've had a lot of fun um, growing stock. That's going to actually hopefully be next week. I'll be able to start offering a few bunches. They're starting to bud and flower. And we have really good luck with it. So we experimented with a lot of different ways for it this year. And then after that, we have snapdragons. We don't do a lot of perennials. That's one thing we don't offer a lot of. Which, Dave, what's a perennial? Uh I didn't know I was going to be tested. (laughs) (laughs) It's the opposite of what you think it is. Yes, yes, that's (laughs) the way you can think of it. 
Yeah. So my mind was drifting into yes. a, a kind of a technical thing here. Like, uh, the perennial okay. we talked about yeah. um, last time too, the annuals versus perennials, and how everybody thinks the annuals are the ones that are going to come back every year, and then when it doesn't come Annually, back, annually right, they're yes. going to come back. Right. No. So that's, that's yes. So <laughs> and that's the amateur uh, florist slash grower oh thing that people, some people still don't quite realize. That, so that was me. Yeah. That was, yeah. <laughs> so, um, but so then um, you do the dahlias in the well, not really the fall. It'd be the end of the summer. More. Right. Yep. You know, right. you're planting them about this time, and okay. then but you don't start harvesting until about hopefully mid August, late okay. August, and well into the fall. So and patience is a huge factor because that's something too. Last year we had so much time on our hands, and I said, "Well, maybe I'll start trying to grow a few little flowers in the garden." (laughs) (laughs) They are nice flowers in the garden. They're great little cut things for a mason jar and maybe your kitchen. But to have the stamina to wait for them and to be able to cultivate them the way that you need to, it's a whole different ball game. It's like saying I want to be a a farmer and then I get a cow and I have to milk the cow. It's not the same as being a farmer and having a hundred head that you have to milk. So um, it's a huge business that I, I just don't have the patience for, I guess is the best way I could say it. So <laughs> that's why it's so important. You have local flower growers that do. Um, so how long on, on average do you spend a day just watering, seeding, making sure they're weeded, um, you know, taking care of your blooms? <laughs> oh gosh, you know, and it, it's kind of nice. My husband, he he loves to weed. He does most. Oh, wow. I know. Yeah. I know. Something wrong with that boy. <laughs> but, you know, I think it's kind of, he owns his own business. So I think, you know, the weeding part of it, it's a little bit of the mindless work. Mm-hmm. You can just go out and do it. Yep. It's relaxing. I don't know. He enjoys it. <laughs> and you know I what? My, I, you guys are hurting my back just talking it. about yes. it. <laughs> I let him do it. Yes. So, you know, he does a little bit every day. A little bit every day, he's always putzing around. Yep. So, but it, like I said, I think it's just something that's relaxing for him. Watering, I don't have a huge greenhouse. Our greenhouse is only like twenty by forty-eight, so I can water it quickly. Mm-hmm. But sounds like a warehouse yeah. instead <laughs> of a greenhouse, <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> it's only twenty by forty-eight. When you think yes. of how small a stem is, two times however many right. you have in there, there's oh a ton God. packed that's in there, a right? Lot. Yes. There's a lot in there, but you know, I've worked on so many farms where their greenhouses, you know, they're thirty feet by a hundred feet. So this is tiny oh <laughs> from what I'm goodness. used to. Yes. yes. How big is this room, Dave? Maybe I don't know, uh, 10 by 20. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're looking at a few times bigger than yeah. this. Yes. A, yes, that is a lot to maintain. So, so, you know, usually watering a greenhouse, I can whip right through it. Mm-hmm. So I don't feel like I spend a lot of time. But then, you know, once things are, we're going into planting season. Mm-hmm. And the biggest thing with planting season, once you planted it, your roots aren't established into the soil. So yeah. you have to kind of keep it constantly moist to right. get mm-hmm. those roots to establish. So... Mm-hmm. You know, in the next coming weeks, we'll be doing a lot of irrigation. Yes, and that's something, too, with planting that a lot of people don't realize that once you stick that plant into the ground, those roots have to establish. And so, like you were saying, too, you have to keep them watered and keep them going. You can't just stick them in the ground yes. and hope that it starts raining. Sometimes it does happen, <laughs> but <laughs> and you get really lucky. Yes. But um, for the most part, you have to. there's some maintenance to it at the beginning before those roots get established. So um, what's one of the uh, favorite things that you've done in the course of, of planting? Like, what was the best thing that happened over a season for you? Like, you sold out or you um, had to do a wedding flower or you had to, I don't know, give me an idea. <laughs> so I think just seeing the whole process work, mm-hmm. you know, um, I've tried so many different varieties. I've yes. never tried when I worked 
you know, in a greenhouse setting, Mm -hmm. which is, you know, totally different. So that's been a fun new experience. It's just, okay, I'm growing a snapdragon, but I'm used to these snapdragons only getting about 24 inches. Mm -hmm. Last year I grew some snapdragons. One stem was three feet long. It was just, you know, one of those things like, oh, my gosh, this is so much fun. Yes. <laughs> That's great. Like, I didn't know it was uh, going to Let me watch the big. paint dry <laughs> as it gets to three feet. Yes. Okay. You know, it's just, it's kind of neat. Things, um, we have really good luck with eucalyptus. And yes. some one of those things, too, like most people say, I didn't know it would grow so well in this area. Mm-hmm. So it really does. So that's kind of, you know, fun to say, hey, we grow a lot of eucalyptus. And people are like, what? That's <laughs> so. really neat. And that eucalyptus is my favorite yeah, to use. Other, as well. Others are, what is it? <laughs> yep. Yes. So what is eucalyptus? I'm guessing Dave doesn't quite know what it is. It, so. Is that a bomb like, you put yes. under your arm? Or you put know, a little eucalyptus under yeah, there and yeah. it's good now. I think a lot of people consider it more in the herb category right. um, for florists. We consider a foliage category. Mm-hmm. So, you know, eucalyptus is used so much in wedding and everyday work just as a different type of foliage because it has that beautiful, beautiful silver leaf. But then in the herb world, you make essential oils out of it. Um, I know some of my florist friends, they have people come in weekly just to buy stems of it. A lot of people love to hang it in their shower because then the oil's released. It helps with respiratory issues. Allergies are going on right now. So you thought yeah. I was just making that up yeah. as a deodorant yes. or whatever. No, yeah. no, yeah. uh-huh. it is. It is. So it is, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, so I'll, it's just, you know, something different and fun to have around, yeah. Yes, yes. So here's a question for you. So what are some of the aspects that someone um, walking into your business would have no clue of that you wish you could tell them? So say a new grower or someone like me who's thinking, maybe I could grow something. What's something you could tell us that we'd never know? Sometimes. <laughs> Again, don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think patience is the biggest thing. I'm out. Uh, yep. Um, my, bu- my husband doesn't have a lot of patience sometimes for it. Um, he picks weeds for a living. <laughs> does, I mean, yeah, seriously? He does, he does. I mean, but. that's like the, the quintessential patience oh there you are little buddy let me get you out (laughs) but you know sometimes I tell my husband I always tell him stop staring at him so much you make the flowers nervous (laughs) 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 you know sometimes I'll sit on he every day which is good you want to count his scout around look at things every day but I'm like I think you're staring too long you're hurting them Just keep going. Um, But I think it's a big patience, and it's a lot of hard work. Mm -hmm. It really is. You know, you don't, may not think it is, but depending on what you have for tools at your um, expense, you know, we don't have a tractor, so we do a lot of hand stuff. And it's a lot of hard work, but, you know, hopefully we'll build up to a tractor one day. It's one of those things, step by step, we'll get there. Which is awesome because you think about that in terms of a small business, like starting from scratch and waiting until, you know, you could go out and buy a $200,000 tractor to do this. But right. in the time that it'll take you to make back that $200,000, it'll be a long, long process. Right. And a lot of people don't realize that. So that hard work and grunt work that you have to put in and in hand beginning. tilling and in the beginning, yes. I'm sure that's something. See, I'd be thinking a little four-wheeler, $6,000 tractor. You go right yeah, to 200000 yeah, Tiffany. Well, I'm thinking farming. That's why I'm, I'm thinking farming. I'm going to have to so, talk to your husband. Yeah, I know. 
That's it. Well, that's why we don't have the pharmacy. That's it. <laughs> I'm going for the two hundred thousand yeah. dollar one over there. Yeah. <laughs> the bigger the better. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Anything with a motor, I guess. Yeah. I'm thinking must be a lot of money. So uh, uh, money. Uh, uh, uh. they are though. You know, even even small little tractors. Yes. You know, no. it's a big chunk of right. change to invest in the beginning. So. We had some things at our hands. You know, we had a small rototiller. We do mm-hmm. have a four-wheeler. We eventually got a little rototiller to go behind the four-wheeler, but it's still a lot of work. Yes, I'm <laughs> sure. I am sure. <laughs> so, um, and then any planting advice for anybody listening who's a little further along than I am, has more patience than I am? <laughs> planting advice, you know, depending where your location, really, especially if you're planting outside, you know, Go by your planting date. Listen to, you know, your frost dates. Listen to Mother Nature. This April was beautiful here. We had a lot of nice 70-degree days. We had a lot of warm nights that are good for planting, Mm -hmm. but it's still way too early. So you just have to have the patience. Mm -hmm. Right now in our area, the frost-free date, they say it's May 15th. We've kind of hit that date. Mm -hmm. Um, And the weather has turned. We're ready to go. Yes, down here in the valley, I'm sure you haven't had a frost yet, or it, it have got, you? No, it got close the other night. I think it was like 35 or something right. like that. Yeah. So I, I don't think it really hit us. I'm still, we're waiting. Memorial Although some Day of my, I noticed some of my lilacs, some of the blooms mm-hmm. had kind of like they got hit, and oh, then yeah. other ones came out. So, mm-hmm. yeah. 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 And it's funny, you know, even here, you know, everybody has their own little microclimates. With you guys closer yes. to the river, you're much warmer than everybody up on the outskirts. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's very important, right? So you need to wait yes. and to plant. Um, and then as far as how do you keep the, okay, these are blooms. That, can we see it? I don't know if anybody if can see it. If you pick it up, the <laughs> people watching on the video can see so it. So these yeah. are from last week, and these are the double tulips, right? Yes. So now if you look at these, Dave, do you see any do you see any bugs anywhere? Bugs. Right? No, so, you're bringing bugs into right? the studio? Right, so you think about it, anything that's outside, they usually have natural bugs, that you know, the pollinators, and then anything else that would go on it. How do you keep them bug-free? Well, I, I really don't want to say this. I'll probably jinx okay. myself. <laughs> <laughs> knock on wood. We got to knock on wood. Yes, yes. yes. knock on wood. <laughs> I don't know if it is our location. Mm-hmm. We are kind of in one of the higher spots in Montgomery mm-hmm. County. If you go to the top of our hill, you can almost see a 360 view. So we're up there. So mm-hmm. I don't know if it's the wind we always get, what it is. But we, as of now, we don't have a lot of bug pressure that's really um, cool. even last year there's another f- cut flower grower she's mm-hmm. down in the valley in the little town of Ames mm-hmm. and so this is about three miles from my house the Japanese beetles were terrible for her right. and I said I saw a few mm-hmm. you yep. can keep them yes. you know, <laughs> yes. you know but so I think for us a big factor in so many things is our elevation mm. That's interesting because you think about that too, like your tomato plants, like anything in vegetable gardens or anybody else planting things, there's always that susceptibility to it. And that's what I look at with your flowers. I can't believe half the time when they come in that there's nothing on them. And you know, that's a risk when you bring them in. Oh, sure. Um, And especially because I don't know if, do you spray then for your flowers or? um, We do not. And amazing. So there's a lot of things too that could come up in between by not spraying. And um, I always wondered at that. 
ladybugs you hear sometimes that people will put ladybugs out for the aphids or whatever so usually outside you have a lot of natural predators Mm -hmm. I mean we do get some bugs one year I did have a type of beetle that decimated one part of my zinnias but they didn't touch another part Mm. so unfortunately that was a loss um but it hasn't happened since. And then late in the season, um, you always have a powdery mildew issue, which is so common around here in the fall. So you just have to kind of cross your fingers, see what happens. You know, mm-hmm. we might get aphids once in a while, but right. it's never mass quantities where we have to do huge things. It's, we can really right. focus on that area. That's really cool. It's a, a risk, too, that I don't know that I'd have the patience to deal with. If right. I saw a part of my crop was starting to fail, I'd probably give up, honestly, and say that's it. Need a bigger tractor. Right, right that's it. <laughs> Next year, I'll get it next year. So, $400,000 tractor. Yeah, that's it. That would help with the bugs, yeah. that's for sure. We'll run there. Right. We'll just go right over them. Right, that's it. That's it. We'll put them right in there. But, so. you know, that's something you just made me think of. I think with farming... You have to expect failure, mm-hmm. and maybe that's why it doesn't bother me so much right. because I've seen it so many times. You can't win it all, mm-hmm. so you're always expecting something to fail, and when it doesn't, it's a huge success, right. <laughs> <laughs> which is awesome. And we all get excited for your yes. successes too because then that translates down to flowers for me to flowers for you. So, um, so I'm going to ask you um, as we wrap up here, um, what is the location of your business? As you said, in Canajahari, kind of outside the outskirts of Canajahari. Um, and then do you have any events? I know you mainly do wholesale, but I'm sure there's different you know, farmers markets or do you do anything like that or a yep. flower day at your farm? Go ahead. <laughs> so. No, um, We used to do some classes, you know, we might get back into it this year, kind of see how things are going Mm -hmm. and rolling, Um, but we are located, if you went from Canajahari to Sharon Springs, there's Route 10, and there's a little town in Ames, and we're just outside that a little bit, so that's our location off the beaten path. Um, If people want to come, I gladly accept them, it's just by appointment only, because Mm -hmm. I may be out on a delivery, or I may be running errands, you know, I'm not always present. Um, but I do do as many events as I can. I do the farmer's market in Clinton that starts, I think it's June 3rd. It's the first Thursday in June and goes right before, um, Columbus day weekend that Thursday. So I'll be there every Thursday so people can come out. Mm -hmm. Um, and then my friends, Parsons vegetable farm in Sharon Springs, they're doing an outstanding and Outstanding in your field event. <laughs> Hard to say. Yeah, yes, I know. I want, I'm like, I got to get this right for them. Because, and it's kind of fun. They've really taken the um, twist on it that, you know, they kind of are promoting all the vendors there and everybody's outstanding in their own field of work. So That's it's cool. kind of a fun way they've put it together. <laughs> so that will be um, the Saturday of Memorial Day weekend, which is okay. the 29th, 10 okay. to 4, Sharon Springs on Route 20. Um and, you know, the Canada Harry is doing a street fair. Um, I've heard Harvest Festival is coming back to Sharon Springs. So I try to, to keep my events locally mm-hmm. and do those types of things because they're fun. Right. Get to you know, it's another way to get the local people to say, "Hey guys, I'm here. Remember me?" So. <laughs> That's good. That's yes. very very good. Um, and then this is the media part. I'm not very good at this sort of thing. Um, I have to get with you anyway. I just remembered that triggered something in my mind anyway okay so <laughs> I, know. I had to just think there okay. I was like all right okay anyway um so what is your do you have a Facebook or an Instagram or a website that people can look at too yes. um, um I do Facebook um it's floral root 
I think Floral Rue at Canajahari. That's the way you can find me. Okay. Um, and I am on Instagram. Same thing, Floral Rue. So. Okay, perfect. Yeah, I'm working on a website, but unfortunately, since we're focused more on wholesale, our website will probably be more for our wholesalers than okay. anything. Okay, well, it's great to know. So, well, I can't thank you enough for coming yes, on today. Thank you for Any, me. Anything else you want to cover while you're on here with growing? And I think we touched on everything where you're located. Am I yeah. thinking of anything else? That the big stuff, you know? You know? Yeah, <laughs> growing, don't be afraid to try it. If it fails, it fails. Try it again, you okay. know, but it's always a learning experience. Yes. yes, that's great. And trial and error, that's the thing, because you only yes. have one season to try it this yes. year. And you got to wait a whole year. Wait a Did whole you, year. I can't there's imagine. There's patience again. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, patience, patience. Yes, that's something I can improve on for sure. <laughs> so, well, thank you so much for being on again today, Lisa. Yes, thank we you. We really appreciate it. So, and we will be back in just a few minutes with our last segment. Visit My Little Falls and stay connected with the latest news information and events in the city. Our mission is to generate interest in the community and connect residents in a more meaningful way by facilitating deeper conversations about how these stories will shape the future of Little Falls, New York. Join thousands of weekly visitors who stay up to date with feature stories, interviews, videos, and our events calendar. It's about timely local news for the community, keeping citizens informed about important issues, telling stories about the people who live and work here, and giving locally owned businesses the opportunity to reach a very targeted audience of local residents and tourists alike. It's a whole new form of media-rich content developed specifically for today's mobile lifestyle and listeners. You can download our iOS app in the iTunes store or sign up for our weekly newsletter. Stop by today at mylittlefalls.com. You'll be glad you did. All right, so now we're on the and more part of the uh, portion today, and I'm really excited about this because one of my favorite people in the world is here, um, <laughs> Darren Darling. And Darren Darling is the part owner, almost owner of Green Acres in right. Dollarsville. So um, you can give us a little more tips on that. Um, and I have to shout out, <laughs> I love the shout out <laughs> word again. I have to shout out to his brother, Jake, who told me he would be more than happy anytime to come on and speak. And I said, okay, well, you, I'll leave that up to Darren. Darren yeah. Darren's got it today. So, yeah. um, so anyway, so Darren is um, Green Acres located in Dallasville. This is my um, shout out to Dallasville businesses. Um, been there for how many years, Darren? This is our 66th season. Oh so. my goodness. Wow. 66 yeah. years. That's and crazy. It yes. is crazy. It's almost unbelievable. Yes. Yeah. Really. And if you know um, Dallasville people and you have been up that way, Green Acres is a staple the, for the, ice cream and the, the summer. He's not. It's not a Dallasville thing. I will tell it's, you, there are people from Little Falls. I know for us, mm-hmm. that's like a rite of spring. Like they put it up on Facebook that they're going to open and we go, we're going for twist cones or, yes. we're, you know, <laughs> or we're going for a burger or yes, something. It's, yep. it's like that rite of passage. Okay, we're coming in the mm-hmm. spring. Green Acres is open. Yeah, absolutely. And it's perfect because now this is May. So that means it's spring officially because you guys are open. So. Yes, for sure, for sure. So Darren, tell us a little bit more about Green Acres and what you guys do in 66 years, how sure. it's kind of built. So. Yeah, yeah. So 66 years total. Um, my grandmother, who owns it now, took it over about 33 years ago from, from her father. Um, we do kind of, we're like a derivative of the, the classic diner drive-in style American mm-hmm. cuisine. So we do burgers and we do fried dinners and we do sides and sandwiches. And then we have a full-time ice cream parlor too. So 
awesome. Yeah. Which we just had the fish fry on Friday night. It was delicious. <laughs> <Thank> and <you. laughs> um, I've had the chicken sandwich. I pretty much have had everything on the menu. But the chicken sandwich that just started now that was sriracha. Sriracha yeah, aioli, yeah. Uh, very, yep. very, very good. It's not very spicy. I see you looking at me I like there. spicy. Yeah, it's, 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 it's like a kind of medium spicy. It sounds really more spicy than it is. Yeah, for sure. Good. We're trying to branch out a little bit into more, you know, quote unquote culinary things that's and do great. some more exploratory things. So that's, that, awesome. that's definitely one of them. Is this your kind of influence on the business? Kind because of. you're a different de- generation coming in. Typically, a lot of older adults don't have that opportunity to pass their businesses on to kids because they go, mm-hmm. I don't want to do this. I want to go out and do whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So exactly. That that's definitely the case. And, and you know, last year we started doing specialty burgers. And, and again, that's more of an exploratory side of, of what we're doing. And, you know, this is my personal 10th year at Green Acres. And I started there just as, you know, if you're in our family, you kind of work there. Like there, you don't really have a choice. <laughs> so that's how I started. But then over time and through college, I knew I wanted to be in business. And I just fell in love with with food service in the culinary world. So I was awesome. like, what better opportunity? than the one right here in my hometown with my family. So for the last three years or so, we've really been working to make that transition and get me kind of into the management role and, and you know, prepare for the future. That's wow, awesome. nice. So let me ask you that. How did you decide that you wanted to be in culinary? Because culinary is not easy, right? No, not at all. <laughs> and it's not something that I expected. When I was in high school and in college, I think I expected to be in finance or, or you know, some of the more traditional business sectors. Mm-hmm. And then I, I, I got close to graduation and I was like, I just love Dodgeville and I love Green Acres and I love that this is our family. And if it's not me, who's going to do it? Like, you know, and, and, and I was like, I could love this. And so I was like, okay, we'll give it a shot. And, you know, I call her Ruth, even though she's, she's married to my grandfather. She's not, you know, Mm -hmm. technically my family, but she's my grandmother in every sense of the word. And, Mm -hmm. You know, she kind of was like, okay, but you got to know what you're getting into. So we just dove Mm -hmm. right in and it's hundred hour work weeks and it's, Every day from the the start of March to the the end of September, mm-hmm. you know, there's we don't take holidays off because those are our big days. We don't right. take weekends off; those are our big days, of course. It's just how the restaurant industry goes. Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, we ever since we made that decision, it's it's really been. I don't want to say smooth sailing, but I think it's gone as well as it, it could have gone. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's yeah, awesome. They get the whole winter off, and he's complaining <laughs> about 100-hour <laughs> work weeks. I mean, seriously. Oh, but you're off October through freaking April. I mean, no, come right. on. You're right. Yeah, I'm right. right. Oh, oh, let me get the violin <laughs> yes. out. No, believe me. I love it. I love it. I love the 100-hour work weeks. I love the hot, sweaty kitchens. Don't oh get me wrong. But, yeah. Well, that's a, fun, a couple fun facts there. So I asked somebody the other day, and I said, so when does Darren actually take a day off? And they're like, no, he's there seven days a week. I, I think it might have been your mom or somebody I yeah. asked. And I said, oh, my goodness. So anyway, that. Then um, 100, 100 degree well, it, kid-ish yeah, sometimes. Yeah. We, yeah. Our rule is kind of whatever the, the temperature is outside, it's at least 15 degrees warmer in the kitchen. So because those 100 degrees, like July days, it's, it right. gets to 115 mm-hmm. in there for sure. And, it, and because they don't have air conditioning, so it is really just rising and grinding over there. And yeah. then on top of that, last year you had a fun little thing called a mask that you had to put on there when you're yeah. in there too, which I can't believe how many hours you spent there in the heat just for us to have a burger. So it's, yep, it's an awesome service that you do to the town and obviously to everybody outside of town too, because uh, Little Falls hears about it. And do you have radio ads? I think that kind of far reaching. So yeah, you wouldn't believe the people that, that will come in on a Sunday afternoon and be like, yeah, we drove from Saratoga or we drove from Albany or, or whatever. And it really does. It blows my mind sometimes. It's a a landmark definitely in Dodgeville for Mm -hmm. sure. So um, I'm really happy that you're on today and stuff. And then like he was saying, you're kind of the second or third, third generation, I guess, basically to take it over, which is something to say too, because a lot of families after a certain point, they say, "Eh, that's kind of starting to fade out. 
It's a lot of work. It's, you know, really tough to navigate. You've been lucky enough to have somebody to kind of coach you through it. And then, you know, you could build on it. So we'll talk about building in, in terms of food because I love food. Yes, <laughs> so, um, so in general, you guys probably kind of started out as like the ice cream parlor with the re- uh, maybe hamburgers, french fries, basic kind of drive-in style. What are some of the things now that you've been adding to the menu as you've kind of taken over? Yeah, so if we go all the way back, they just started as a shack, basically, with doing hot dogs and hamburgers and whatever. And then over time, that kind of just built and built and built. And then they started doing more. And they bought their first ice cream machine, you know, for soft serve. And that kind of started this next transition where my grandmother took over, I want to say in 88. And from then, she's kind of turned it into this full restaurant instead of a shack but it's funny because if you walk through the back of the building you can see the different sections where like it started as the shack then they built on the ice cream section Mm -hmm. then they built on the back storage then they built on the dining room you can see like the different buildings like as they were added over time but yeah that's it's it's gone from basically a two-person shack into now a full-service restaurant with a dining room and a full-time ice cream section. Amazing. It's amazing. And you added on this year too, right? So there's a little section, kind of more ice cream area. Yeah, we we pushed out that side of the building four feet, which doesn't sound like much, but I can't tell you the difference (laughs) it's made. We pushed out the walk-in cooler along with it. Mm -hmm. And that extra space has given us a world of difference. I, I cannot even explain it. Our, our ice cream section used to be, you're bumping into each other, you're reaching over each other to grab <laughs> cones, you're doing all this stuff. And right now it's like, it's bigger than our kitchen is almost now. Yeah. <laughs> just just from a four foot bump out, it's incredible. That's awesome. That is really cool. So now you're in service dining, right? Um, yes. Back to some in service dining. And then what's one of the big things, the most popular thing you think you sell? Is it still ice cream or the burgers? Or what do you think is the big draw? Right. Ice cream is obviously super popular mm-hmm. with, with everyone of all age groups and whatever. And especially on a weekend like we just had where it's 75 <laughs> degrees every day. Yeah, it's beautiful. You know, ice cream goes like crazy. But you know, our classics like the Mexican hot, I think that is is probably the number one seller. Mm-hmm. A lot of the the older crowd and the people who have been around for a while are just they die for the Mexicans and they, they come <laughs> at the end of the at the end of the season and buy, you know, pints of the sauce that we make and whatever. Wow. So I'd say that's our number one. Yeah. <laughs> that's really cool. Yeah. That is I think that's one of the things I've never had there for some reason. I don't wow. know why I've I've never done that. But everything else, <laughs> yeah. the Gager Burger and everything, I yeah. mean, it's I typically hone in on my favorites. Yes. That's yeah. it, you know, you know I, I hate to admit it, but I had my first Mexican last year. Nine, <laughs> really? nine years oh, after working no. there, yeah. <laughs> so, but I, I see why people like it. It's just so simple. It's it's delicious. That's awesome. Yeah. That is really cool. So how many employees do you guys have up there then? We try to stay around 15. Um, okay. It varies because we have a lot of high school kids and college kids that either are servers or mm-hmm. or work ice cream or or whatever and they leave for college in late summer or they can't really work a lot of hours in the early spring because they're going to school right. so it, it varies between maybe 12 to 16 but usually we, we stay around that 15 number and we have a few you know real dedicated core of adults that do the cooking and run the service mm-hmm. windows and and they they work some more hours for us but okay. we, we try to stay around 15. Okay that's awesome because that's you know we had Sharon on last week or last month I guess from um, Arthur's and they have about eight I think she said as far as employees and they're they're you know part-time they're not there seven days a week and all right. of that but it's great any small business that can put anything into the economy and having people working for them is wonderful and um, considering too with everything that happened last year it's amazing that you still have that many people that still are working and there's a supply and demand for all that food. So I'm very happy about that. Sure. So um, now do you have any upcoming events? I don't know if you guys, 
Violet Festival. I don't know what they're doing this year with it, supposedly. It's, it's going to be like a mini yeah. Violet Festival. They're so, not going to do the parade. and. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. you guys generally did like a special purple ice cream for that and yeah. some specialty things. Are you still doing that this yeah, year? Yeah, for like, sure. We still, okay. we do, we call it Lindy Twist after Lyndon Lyon, okay. who made the, you know, the Violet. And um, it's it's double pink strawberry and black raspberry, so it's pink and purple, just like the flowers. Then we do the very berry sundae along with it too, which is just a, a sundae with like a mixed berry, you know, syrup on top. Awesome. So, Yum. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then, do you guys do any events over the summer, or did you used to do drive-ins at one point? Yeah, like, have you done those in a yeah, while? Yeah, we've or? done car shows. We okay. do like some com- some concerts sometimes, like little mini things where DJs will come, or we'll have a small band out on our on our lawn or whatever. We haven't done any this year, and obviously didn't do any last right. year because these two years have just been so crazy mm-hmm. and, and, you know, unpredictable. Yeah. But hopefully maybe next year we can get back into doing some of the stuff like that. That's really awesome. Yeah, you probably didn't know that they did that, did you? I did there? not. I had no idea. Yes. Yeah, so. I think three years ago, maybe four, was our last car show that we did where people mm-hmm. will drive their cars up onto our top lawn. And then we do, like, a contest and they do, you know, judging and whatever else. And there's a bunch of old cars that come and people hang out and have a good time. Nice. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. awesome. It's, it's really cool. So <laughs> it's like a community event as, as well yeah. as a restaurant. So that's great so um can you tell us uh, i know you're someone's on facebook and instagram and all of that now um so what are the handles for it and how can people find you if they don't stop up to the restaurants right i think all of the social media handles are just green acres drive-in in in new york and then the website is egreenacres.com okay perfect and then you're located where on 106 North Helmer Ave, it's on State Route 29 in Dodgeville, New York. Awesome. So I guess uh, you're going to be heading up for an ice cream cone after this, right? I'll tell you what, you've teased me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now I'm, but I'm thinking about the Mexican. I'm like, I, okay, right? yep. wait a minute. Almost lunchtime, too, when we're recording this. So, yep. you know, yeah, I yeah. <laughs> yep. Give it a shot one yes. time. Yeah, I might do that. Yep. Yeah, so, well, thank you so much for being on, Darren. Again, like I said, one of my favorite people in town, Ruth, has been uh, tremendous in helping with the flower shop, even and giving me advice over the course of time tremendous business person so you're learning from a great person for sure agreed and i am so excited that you are one of the um staples in town and going forward in my business i'm glad that you're going to be running it yes. for years to come so <laughs> thank you for having me <laughs> yes thank you so much darren for coming in so um let's see we hope you enjoyed today's conversation um on tiffany talk remember to connect with us and we'll talk to you next time you can find us the third tuesday of the month at 7 p.m on my little falls radio and wherever you get your favorite podcasts Thank you.